Hello, hello. If you're watching this, it's September 10th, 2020. Oscar Mike Radio number 207. Oscar Mike Radio is sponsored by Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Mark Holmes of Reaper Detailing Power Washing, and Red Seal Martial Arts. And I got a fun-filled, action-packed, literally action-packed show for you today. I have, from Nashville, Tennessee, the coordinator from Irreverent Warriors, Irreverent Warriors, Nashville, Zach Jenkins. Zach, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Travis, thank you for having me, brother. What's going on, dude? Not much, not well, a lot, but uh, a in lot, this right? case, I am talking to the man. I talked to, this is kind of like part two. Uh, Andrew Farr got with me and said, hey, I want you to talk to every coordinator in Tennessee, so that's what I'm doing. You're number two. I think Nick is number three. He's he's the next hike, right? Nick's a wall, yep. yep October then, third. Yep. And then the um Knoxville hike. Am I talking to Andrew yes. and yeah, Phil Phil Cook? So you're number two up and Nashville is is hopping. Before we get into all that, tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, we both served in the Marine Corps, so kind of kind of get some background on Zach. Uh, I joined the Marines in June of 2001. I actually graduated boot camp uh, September 21st, 10 days after the uh, September 11th attacks in New York. And uh, so, you know, joined peacetime, immediately graduated into a different type of Marine Corps. Uh, I went to MCT uh, the beginning of October and was in uh, Marine Corps or in a common engineer school the end of October. And uh, I was a combat engineer, did four years, 01 to 05. And so I ended up doing a year in Okinawa at the Jungle Warfare Training Center for a year, and then uh, turned down another year at JWTC so that I could come back stateside and deploy. Um, I ended up on the 22nd MU in 2004, deploying to uh, Terran Kaut, Afghanistan, and then uh, came back and got out the following year, 2005. So you comment now, ladies and gentlemen, for me, when I was in the Marine Corps, combat engineers built stuff that we could destroy pretty much. And, I was on the uh, demolition side. I didn't do much construction. Well, right. Well, we, we, they, they helped us blow stuff up. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I was attached with the uh, – we did some Constantina and HESCO and stuff like that out uh, at the FOB we were at helping set up that perimeter. And then once the perimeter was secured, we started going out with uh, uh, EOD and sometimes with the MPs and stuff like that, and, uh, supporting them. You, you serve, you, you get out, and you, you did you move to Nashville after you got out, or were you in Nashville? I stayed residence? outside of Camp Lejeune for a year or so while trying to uh, – figure out my next move. I got married uh, a few months before IEAS. Um, I was uh, planning on being a lifer. Um, I was going to stay in the Marines for 20 years. I ended up uh, hurting my knee. It didn't necessarily uh, stop me from reenlisting, but I really wanted to go to EOD school and uh, uh, the knee was going to be a problem uh, for that. So I ended up just kind of getting out and didn't know what I was going to do. We ended up moving to Knoxville. I was an iron worker in Knoxville for about four years while my wife went to college. And when she finished college, she got a job offer in Nashville. And they had just changed the GI Bill to the post 9-11 GI Bill, which my general foreman was a Vietnam vet. And he was the one that turned me on to the new GI Bill and said, hey, if you're moving to Nashville, uh, you, need to, you need to go get an education and use this GI Bill. It's going to cover everything. So I had originally went to school when I got out for criminal justice and decided that I wasn't going to pursue a career in law enforcement anymore. 
And uh, cooking had become very therapeutic for me. It was a, a, a real Zen place for me to be in the kitchen at home. Uh, every night when I came home from work, I would spend hours in the kitchen and um, I really started to like it and I started to get good at it. So I went to culinary school when we moved uh, to Nashville. So I got a two year degree an associates in culinary arts. And then I got a bachelor's in uh, hospitality and business management. And while I was in culinary school, I got the opportunity to do a guest appearance with the school in part with uh, Food Network on the great food truck race in 2012. Oh, wow. So I wasn't going to pursue the food industry. Uh, I just, like I said, I was doing it for fun and it was therapeutic and I wanted to use my GI Bill. And so I did culinary school, but I wasn't really, I was probably going to get back into ironwork or carpentry afterwards. But the food truck race opened the door for me to for food trucking and that it was uh, something that, you know, I could make some good money and it wasn't this huge operation like a, a restaurant or a catering company. And so I just started working on food trucks just for fun and, and kind of uh, made a name for myself helping a few food trucks out. And uh, I did that for about four years, but I was working with veteran organizations at the time. And I was always trying to do fundraisers and asking food trucks and even trucks that I partnered with for, for donations. You know, you know, if you give us X amount at the end of the month or something, this is what we can do with that money. And it was always very difficult. And it's, it, it felt a lot like soliciting, you know, I was always like, uh, you know, I hate asking them for money, even if it's not a cause that's no, you know, on their heart, but it was definitely a cause helping veterans that was on my heart and something I wanted to do. And so I started Semper Sliders. Semper Sliders allowed me to finally have a business of my own and be able to allot as much or as little monthly and quarterly to veteran orgs here in Nashville as I wanted to, because now it was my business and I could donate uh, as much as I wanted. And so uh, I got to, you know, partake of Semper Sliders that, that last February. And I'm glad you got to come out. Let me tell you, I mean, I can see why Andrew, you know, has his own seat at your table. <laughs> Andrew is at Semper a couple times a week. He is a busy man. There are usually meetings involved, but he comes to Semper to have his meetings. And well, I can see why. I mean, folks, let me tell you, if, if you don't go by, first of all, you can't miss it. It's, it's got a military look and feel, but also the, f <laughs> wow. That's all I can say. Uh, uh, I had, I think like these, um, this chicken dish that was just uh, between two pieces of bread, but done really, I can't even describe it. It was just that good. And I can't wait to come back and do that. We'll talk about that yeah. later. So being able to work in your own business allowed you to serve veterans in your own way. That must've been a real freeing, you know, reality that you got to embrace. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of great veteran orgs around Nashville. Uh, there are some big ones and there are some uh, grassroots, you know, mom and pop kind of 501s and they, they all have great missions. And uh, I just, I reached out to a few of them that, that had missions that I, I uh, before Reverend Warriors, um, uh, that I just liked what they were doing and what they were about. And and I knew in the beginning that my donations would be, you know, uh, four or $500 or maybe quarterly a thousand dollars. And some of the big organizations um, that have tons of money in the bank or whatever, $500 is kind of a drop in the bucket to them. But some of these local grassroots 501s, $500 can be a lot of money. They can do a lot with that. And so I thought I'm a small business, they're a small 501. And so I'm going to partner, you know, with some of them. And, um, uh, I met Nick Sawall, the Memphis coordinator, at a St. Jude event. He was looking for local 
um, sponsors to uh, provide some uh, raffle items and stuff like that for St. Jude event downtown that he was coordinating. And so uh, I did that February, uh, March of last year. And then he asked me if I'd heard of a Reverend Warriors before. I hadn't, but I had heard of the Silky Hikes. I just didn't know the org that were, uh, that was behind the Silky Hikes at the time. And so he introduced me to Andrew Farr and I said, hey, you know, I do events and, and I do fundraisers and stuff at Semper Sliders. I'd love to sponsor a Reverend Warriors. Um, I'd love to help plan uh, uh, the hike with you guys next year, just being like a committee member. <laughs> and Andrew liked my passion and, and my uh, um, attention to detail and leadership qualities. And so he said, man, you should be my co-coordinator next year. And I actually turned him down three or four times. And, wow. and Andrew was persistent. He really wanted no, me to be his co-coordinator. Not Andrew. <laughs> yeah. And he said, it'll be easy. Just help me delegate, you know, take some of the stuff off my plate and help spread it around the committee. And I thought, all right, you know, that's not too bad. And so I told him I'll be your co-coordinator. I'll be your right hand. I'll help you out next year with the hike. And about two weeks later, I think it was October or November of last year, uh, I I got a a call or an email from uh, Mama Cindy, the president of Reverend Warriors. And Cindy said, uh, um, uh, that Andrew was going to become the ten- Tennessee regional coordinator overseeing four hikes. And would I take over his position as the Nashville coordinator? And again, I said, no, I don't have time. I'm very busy. I have a family. I'm trying to open a second Semper Sliders. That just seems like a lot of work. Uh, but they told me, you know, he already had a committee put together. Andrew had already really laid uh, the, the uh, framework for the 2020 hike and that I would just be making sure that everything uh, goes as planned and, and, and just kind of take over those responsibilities and it wouldn't be a lot of work. And so I went ahead and agreed to, to become the coordinator. And because of COVID, there's been some changes and stuff that have been made throughout the year. And we had about a three month hiatus, but um, our hike is, uh, this airs, I believe on the 10th. So our, our hike is just a couple of days after this airs on September 12th. Now have you, have you, you've done a hike before, right? Um, I've done four hikes. Okay, so so tell me, because people ask me, what's what's the big deal? What's the big deal about a bunch of people dressing up and getting all crazy for a couple hours and then walking five, seven, you know, twelve miles? What's what am I what am I what am I seeing here? I, I get asked that a lot. Maybe from the outside looking in, it, it might be hard to explain if you just wa- if you just see the hike and it, it looks like we're just walking and we're in silkies and boots and a lot of us are carrying rucks or we have crazy outfits or wigs or silly hats and stuff like that. Um, but from the inside, uh, it is a really freeing day. It is a really just kind of you're meeting all these new people and a lot of them are social butterflies and the ones that aren't the ones that aren't typically um, uh, extroverts, you know, get to come to these hikes and spread their wings a little bit and come out of their shell a little bit. And, and kind of, we encourage that, you know, we encourage them to, you know, let their hair down and have a good time and act silly and stuff. And by the end of the hike, um, you, you just, you're on this high, you know, we call it the, the silky hike high. You're, you ride it for a few days and, and most of the hikes can be between, uh, we've tailored them down a little bit this year, but I mean, they're typically 10 miles. Some of them have been 12 and 13 miles. And so the, the week after the hike, you're, you got shin splints and your feet and ankles hurt and your back hurts a little bit. And it's not a bad pain. You know, it's a, 
as your feet hurt the next week, you think about all the fun that you had at the hike and some of the people that you met and uh, it's part of the experience. And uh, I just, the first hike I did, I immediately knew I was going to do another hike. And, and then I ended up jumping with a guy, Luis Neves, that I met at the Nashville hike. I, I jumped in a car with him and rode to Savannah, Georgia and did another hike. And I just did the Chattanooga hike a couple weeks ago. And it is just a lot of fun. It's very addicting. It's uh, you really can let your guard down and, and talk one-on-one -on -one with people that uh, can see eye to eye with you or been through something that you've been through or going through something and uh, you can be there for them or they're there for you during the hike and you make these lifelong connections and friendships at the hikes and it's, it becomes very uh, like a, a big family and, and I really fell in love with that with the Reverend Warriors too that some of the other veteran orgs that I had worked with and partnered with and stuff you know, got together and did some events and did some stuff, but it didn't really push the camaraderie and the family feel that uh, IW has for me. Man, that is really cool and interesting. I can't wait to see it up close and personal. But before we do that, um, one thing that I have told Andrew and I've, I've, I've talked to Mama Bear about is the city. And, and it seems like a really cool thing, like in 2019, before COVID-19 hit, like each city got to be at the star for a week or two. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, think about it. I mean, you know, if you're from out of town coming to Chattanooga or the Quad Cities or Reno, you know, you're, you're, the city kind of hosts the hike. So what I'm trying to get at is what makes Nashville special to you? Because for those of us who don't know, we just think country music, but it's so much more than that, yeah. right? What's yeah. Nashville mean to you, Zach? Actually, the, the, the route that we have, uh, we're going through the War Memorial uh, at Bicentennial Mall and Park. There are, there are these uh, um, statues and memorials for each uh, American conflict. And so we have a really unique route. But uh, Nashville, like I said, my wife got a job opportunity here. We're both small town people. I grew up in a town of about 5,000 people uh, in West Tennessee, uh, my wife grew up on the east coast of North Carolina in a small town uh, close to Camp Lejeune. And so uh, the big city had its pros and cons before moving here. Um, but uh, the job opportunity she got, she couldn't turn down. And once I started Semper Sliders here, um, it definitely meant a lot more to be in the big city. There are so many other veteran entrepreneurs here. There are a lot of other veteran nonprofits and we do work with each other. You know, there's not a lot of a competition. We have other Facebook pages that help promote numerous nonprofits and numerous uh, veteran uh, realtors and entrepreneurs and stuff. And so I really like that support group in Nashville. But as far as the hike is concerned, um, most of the hikes do take place kind of in metro areas across the country. There are some hikes that are in more rural or out, uh, not as big uh, uh, cities like Nashville. Um, and a lot of our hikers are from out of city and out of state. We do have some people that live in Nashville that come to the hike, but we have people from all over Tennessee and all over the country that come to the Nashville hike because it is kind of a destination hike. Uh, Nashville is a tourist um, uh, a city. And so if you're an irreverent warrior from uh, anywhere else in the country, uh, some, some people have Nashville on their list. They want to come to Nashville and do the Silkies hike. But, but, what makes Nashville itself special? 
What's special about Nashville well, you besides the obvious? Yeah, well, you mentioned Nashville as being a country town, but it's not really it's not really that anymore. Nashville is on the uptick of being one of the biggest uh, uh, growing cities in the country. We have 50 to 100 people moving to the Nashville and Nashville area. It's not just country music anymore. And so uh, the sites are changing and the city's changing. And so I think people um, uh, want to be part of that or want to experience the new Nashville as it's kind of become. It's not just a a Johnny Cash and, and, you know, the the country music hall of fame and stuff downtown anymore. There's tons of other venues. There's lots of uh, indie rock and other stuff that's, and it's becoming a melting pot too. You know, it's a, it's not just what it was probably even 10 years ago when I first moved here. And I think that's uh, uh, attractive about Nashville as well to see uh, an old small uh, country city become this huge Metro uh, uh, melting pot. Cool. Cool. So what all goes into making a hike, talking to Bobby Smith, talking to Andrew, talking to mama bear and Stephanie, it's not just a gaggle of people getting together, stepping off. Like there is a lot that goes into this. So what are some of the things that you have to do as a coordinator to get ready to, to do this for people, so we especially, have a, especially with COVID-19 in the mix too, just for so COVID-19. So before COVID, uh, very normal logistics. Uh, uh, IW does a great job of putting you together uh, your, your uh, boxes to check. And they have a six to nine months and a three months and a one month and two weeks out and one week out. So they really break down. This is what your job is. And so it's lots of uh, permits and uh, plotting your routes and merchandise and uh, uh, designing your logo. If it's your first city, we kind of read last year was Nashville's uh, first year. Uh, Andrew Farr designed a logo, um, but IW wanted us to incorporate their logo, the Reverend Warriors logo into our city logos and stuff for branding. And so uh, we redid the, the logo. And so there's a lot of, it's a lot like running a business uh, the day of, uh, and even, I mean, your P&Ls and your spending and your budget and stuff, all of that's very uh, business-like. And then, uh, like you said, the day of, it's not just a, uh, you know, really a, a gaggle, but we do, uh, we do have people. Uh, what, another thing I liked about Irreverent Warriors, it's very non-political. It's a uh, non-demographic of, uh, it's anybody. If you're a veteran, a lot of the other uh, veteran orgs can seem, uh, to be clicky or from a certain demographic and IW is that not that you have people from all uh, uh, racial backgrounds and religious backgrounds and, and political affiliations and stuff. And when they come to the hike, it's just like being in the military. None of that matters anymore. None of that, none of that drama that, that gets tied up in your personal life uh, before and after the hike, when you come out to the hike, you're just a veteran and it's just about having fun and making each other laugh and, and having, having that experience and really to get away from all of those um, things that, that cause stress and anxiety and depression for a lot of people out in the real world. Um, you get to come to the hike and it's a, it's kind of this uh, takes you out of reality, kind of gets you away from all that stuff. And that's a, another thing that's very appealing to irreverent warriors and to the hikes itself. So we all are equally worthy here instead of equally worth less in boot camp. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody is worthy. And it's, it's, uh, you know, you might have a lot of OEF, OIF generation, a lot of post 9-11 generation, but we do have a lot of pre 9-11 
uh, generation that do come out to these hikes, some of the older generation stuff. And, and they kind of sit back in awe and watch us in all of our shenanigans and short shorts and acting crazy and stuff. But um, from what I've witnessed and experienced, uh, the older generation that comes out to these hikes uh, really commends us for uh, breaking down all those walls and stuff that could divide us in the real world and just being veterans and just being there for each other and trying to improve each other's mental health and saying, you know, it, it happens every hike. Uh, you end up talking to somebody and, and they start to they start to tell you about something that's that's going on with them back home or with their their wife or ex-wife or with their kids or their, they lost their job. And then, and then you get to the core of what the hike is really supposed to be about us outside of all the fun and shenanigans and short shorts. And it's about getting to know each other and being there for each other and, and uh, being able to, to show your weakness and let someone else, you know, help you strengthen it. And uh, uh, that's, you know, the beginning of the hike is always a lot of fun and the end of the hike uh it's, it's still fun, but it can be more somber, especially if someone opens up to you during the hike and uh, or on the car ride or at the after party. And so uh, that's what it's about as well. It's not just all the fun and silliness. You know, we're still trying to make a difference in each other's lives out there as well. So can you share some of the hike details? And it's my understanding that there's stuff going on before the hike, uh, September 11th, stuff going on after the hike. Like, like you know, you have been like busy on this. Oh, yeah. So. What do, you got, what, do you, what do you got cooked up for us? The uh, our being at nine eleven, uh, there's a nine eleven memorial uh, event at the Barbarian Beer House. That's where our meet and greet is, and so all the hikes have a meet and greet the night before, where all the volunteers and coordinators and guest speakers and hikers, everybody comes together for a little night before to meet each other, and so we have that at the Opry Mills Mall. Uh, for four hours. They're kind of making us their guests of honor. There's going to be live music and stuff. We're going to have a little VIP suite at the Barbarian Beer House. Uh, the next day we muster around 7 a.m. to begin registration. We step off around 9 a.m. Uh, I don't want to spoil everything, but we have some cool events and, and team building exercises and shenanigans nice. and stuff around lunch, you know, things to make uh, our hike different and kind of memorable to the uh, hikers and then we have an after party, which because of COVID, um, so the, uh, we talked about COVID a minute ago, we have to wear, we have to put our formation in groups of 25. Usually we just have one mass formation. Uh, you have to have your temperature checked when you get there. There's hand sanitizer everywhere. We hand out a Reverend Warriors uh, face mask that we had donated to us. And uh, so there's definitely certain parts of downtown where it's a 100% mask requirement. You can be cited if you're not wearing a mask. Oh, wow. uh, these bars are only allowing 25 to 30 people in them. So we broke up the formation into different colored teams uh, using different colored bandanas. And so those teams will go to different bars once we go downtown and then we'll remuster and go off to the next uh, point. Uh, when we get back to Nissan Stadium, I have a food truck and a DJ lined up. The DJ will have karaoke there as well. So we'll be at Nissan Stadium for about three hours after the hike doing karaoke and, and dancing and just having our after party there. Um, and so the after party is going to be a lot of fun for Nashville as well, being pretty much underneath an, uh, the walking bridge in front of the Tennessee Titans Stadium uh, definitely should make for a, a cool after party. Man, that sounds awesome. That sounds amazing. Um, now, Bobby, Bobby kind of spoke about this, that, that 
she really welcomed and appreciated all the support she got. Is there any, any you know, uh, business or volunteer org or persons who, you know, have you know, stepped in to help you out with this or support you financially or in person? Yeah, so uh, sponsorships were a little bit different this year. We had to raise uh, uh, Greg P's, uh, Mission Barbecue, uh, me with Semper Sliders, uh, the Marine Corps League. We had a lot of sponsors that come in, but it was uh, it ended up being a lot of fundraisers, uh, Facebook campaigns, and we did some car washes, and we have a, a music event uh, the week of the hike to, to raise additional funds. And so uh, that was a little bit different. Usually, especially it doesn't take a lot of money to put on uh, one of these hikes. And so usually you can get some pretty small uh, sponsorships, and it was just really difficult for businesses this year to to be able to donate 500 or a thousand dollars. They just weren't able to do it, but we were able to do some fundraisers and raise money there. Uh, volunteers, we usually have maybe a dozen, dozen and a half uh, of volunteers that come out. Uh, they're in our convoy vehicles. They're helping set up and break down water stops and lunch and registration and everything for the after party so that all the veterans themselves get to come out, enjoy the hike, uh, we were able to pay for everything this year with uh, our sponsorships and fundraisers. So we'll have breakfast, lunch, and dinners provided. Uh, Greg Pease with Music City Experts paid for the Nissan Stadium contract. So we have free parking for everybody so they don't have to worry about Ubering here and there. Uh, they can just come out and bring their leave their vehicle at the Nissan Stadium at our lot. So uh, the volunteers uh, are real key to making the hike successful. And then all of the other IW uh affiliates and coordinators that come to various hikes um all of them always chip into they always you That's know what, what can i help you with we all went to the chattanooga uh, hike and helped bobby out bobby did a phenomenal job especially with so little time she just got involved I with know, the right? and had to put her hike together uh, i know she was super stressed but she had a very successful hike a lot of other coordinators and people came out and jumped in uh, she had a handful of volunteers and we helped with the volunteers to make sure that everything went really successful. Uh, there's, there will never be a hike where it's all just going to be thrown on the coordinator's shoulders and it's, it's all up to them. They have a team put together, their volunteers help, and then other uh, coordinators are there for questions and stuff to help make sure that, that uh, no one wants to see an, uh, an unsuccessful uh, a Reverend Warriors Silkies hike. You know, they want to make sure that they're all successful and a lot of fun. And so everybody chips in to make sure that that's the case. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. So um, you're going to have this, this pre-party thing. I thought there was something on the September 10th too. September 10th, we're having a uh, music event. So that was something someone else was just uh, put it, put together a music event and then reached out to Reverend Warriors and, and uh, asked if we would like to uh, uh, be a beneficiary of that event. And so we have that on September 10th. I don't have all the details in front of me for that event. Um, I won't be there. Uh, Andrew Farr and some of the other IW crew will be there. I'll be at Semper Sliders uh, that day because I'll be out of pocket all day for IW uh, on the 11th and the 12th, trying to run a business and an org. As it, it hasn't been too tricky, but the week of it's it's going to be tricky where I'll, I'll be out of pocket a lot from the restaurant and focusing on IW stuff. But uh, Andrew Farr is uh, taking the lead on that uh, music uh, festival on the 10th. Okay. So you have stuff going on the 10th, stuff going on the 11th, a, a great hike. Now, how long's the hike? How long's the Nashville hike? I think Bobby's so like 6.6. 6. Okay. 
Yeah, last year I think we were around 10 or 11 miles. Um, in the beginning, it was a 22 thing, you know, uh, and 22 has, has really just, it's been overused. You see it everywhere and not. And so in the beginning, it was this 22 kilometer hike carrying 22 kilos of weight. So you're doing about a 13 mile hike carrying 50 pounds. And it got to the point where it was like, we don't, we don't need to, to do all that. We don't need to do 13 miles. We don't need to carry rucks and weight because we, um, it, it might not be allowing certain people that like, man, I really want to do this silky hike, but I don't want to carry all that weight and I don't want to do uh, 13 miles. And so we, we broke down the distance and now it's just like, you can wear tennis shoes. Uh, you don't have to wear silkies. You don't have to carry a, a ruck. You know, silkies is definitely the uniform of the day. Uh, but we wanted to keep breaking down any, anything that was a reason for somebody to not come. We say, look, now the hikes are between six and 10 miles. We, we never march more than a mile, mile and a half before water stops and lunch and, and bar stops and stuff. So that, and we have convoy vehicles. If anybody starts the hike and uh, just physically can't finish, jump in one of the vehicles, grab a sign, cheer us on, hand out a bottle of water. You can still be part of the event and not have to uh, do the entire hike or the hike at all. You know, they can still ride with convoy vics. So, you know, as we wind down, um, one of the things that comes to mind is from, from being exposed to this through Andrew and seeing how that's changed him, talking to Bobby, talking to other people, you know, Mama Bear for certain, Stephanie, absolutely. What does doing this mean to Zach at the end of the day? When, when the hike is done and you're sitting there watching everybody, what's going through your mind or what's going to be going through your mind? So for when I got started with working with veteran orgs, it was specifically because I was in a place in life that was better than it was before because of veteran orgs, because of mentors and people that counseled me and that were there for me and uh, in my struggles with uh, depression and alcohol and, you know, I was just on a selfish tirade 10 years ago. And um, so after college and getting into food trucking and, and feeling a little bit better than I was 10 years ago and seeing other guys that were in that position, uh, I just decided I wanted to become that mentor. I wanted to be that person for somebody else that they were uh, for me. And so... Um, I still get therapy out of it. It still um, benefits me uh, mentally, um, but I really got into it so that I could uh, be there for some of the other veterans. Uh, I usually look for uh, the hikers at the Silkies hikes um, that are more quiet and kind of hiking alone. And I kind of pull up to them and, and, and usually talk with them throughout the hike and stuff and try to make them laugh and I uh, have a good time with them. So uh, for me, uh, which is why I wanted to get into the, the leadership roles with irreverent warriors and stuff so that uh, I could try to be uh, part of that team for the hikes. You know, a, a lot of people just come out there and, and go wild and, and uh, you know, it, it's not like it used to be, but you know, there's still some alcohol consumption and stuff like that. And so you know, just trying to keep an eye on people, make sure that no one's getting hurt or getting into any trouble or taking it too far. Uh, they may come out there to have a good time and then drink too much and then get down on themselves. And it, it you know, alcohol takes a lot of veterans down the wrong path. And so uh, a lot of us don't drink at all or uh, drink very little during these hikes so that we can keep a clear head and be there uh, for, for hikers that may need it. So this is a case of, 
something was given to you. Now you want to give back in this way, not only uh, through separate sliders and supporting other veterans nonprofits, but in this way as well. So no one's left behind or alone. Yeah. I, uh, you know, before a reverend warriors, uh, I started a on campus when I was in college, there wasn't a veteran organization. So I just started an on campus organization. It was my first experience with like starting an org and running one. And it was just to kind of get uh, veterans on campus that were in different majors uh, together and, and get to know one another. And um, that was the first time that it really became uh, because I was in charge. I was the president of that organization. A lot of vets would come to me and tell me uh, things that were going on in their life and their relationships. And, and I would just listen and I would try to give them, you know, positive feedback or, or brotherly advice, you know, from an unbiased perspective and something that I thought might help them. And uh, the more I did that, the more I was getting other veterans that would reach out to me. And, uh, and it just felt good. It was therapeutic for me to say, you know, there were all these people that were there when I would pour out all my struggles and, and they gave me good advice. And so actually a lot of the advice that I give is verbatim advice that was given to me by other mentors and stuff. And uh, I listen to stuff like uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer and uh, Dr. Renee Brown and, you know, like uh, life coaches and stuff like that. And I try to uh, give some of that positive feedback uh, to, to them. And so it really became uh, another life goal, like business ownership and Semper Sliders and stuff to just uh, be a veteran mentor and be there for people when they're going through it. Uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without those people that I was able to lean on. So it's, it's definitely my turn to, uh, to be there for others. And that's outstanding. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, you know, we need in this community. Um, to your point about uh, the 22 being overdone, I really feel that we're at a point where we, we have an awareness state now. Now we need an action state and, and we need to have people take that next step. So how can people find out more about Irreverent Warriors and the Nashville hike? So for the Nashville hike, we have our own Irreverent Warriors Nashville Facebook page that has a lot of information on there. Um, a link to our Eventbrite, a link to um, the tab for the hike. You can go to www.irreverentwarriors.com to find out all the other cities that are doing hikes. All of those cities will have links to uh, their specific Facebook, and some of them have Instagram pages and their Eventbrite, so that if um, anybody lives in any of those other cities and states, uh, they can find out all the other hikes that are happening this year. And... Uh, uh, I do a thing called Silky Saturdays every month. So even though our, our big event is the Silky's hike, every, uh, every, every we did uh, camping in June and we've done ax throwing. Uh, everybody wants to go to a water park soon before the water parks close, which I think is like the end of October. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to figure that out. So we do Silky Saturdays every month where we just go to various venues or restaurants or bars wearing silkies and boots and, uh, which is always a good, the Silky's, Silky Saturdays things are great for uh, the brand awareness because you go into a bar or restaurant wearing little bitty green shorts and people are going to notice and they're going to ask, why are you, all of you wearing such short shorts? And it's a good door opener to tell them about the organization. And, and, and they feel good too. I mean, there's no question about it. They feel great. Yeah, I wish I could wear them at where I like I, I would wear them at Semper Sliders. I wear like uh, gym shorts and swim trunks to in, in the food trailer in the in the summer because food trucking is extremely hot work. 
And uh, if I could just wear silkies on the food trailer, I would. But as most people know, silkies are thin, very thin material. They can, uh, you know, I, at the hikes that you wear, they can be exactly. revealed. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, you don't you don't have to say anything else. I mean, I I, I know what you're talking about. And uh, if you if you see the pictures, you will too. Yeah. So it sounds like this is a, a different kind of organization. It's, it's not the same thing that Andrew and Bobby have talked about, but it's the same kind of feeling of togetherness, camaraderie, and being able to just be yourself with no rules or restrictions. Yeah. Well, with it, with it, when, I, when I talk about rules, restrictions, I mean about, you know, you don't have to place any kind of restrictions on who you are. You can just be yourself. Right. Yeah. I, get to, have, I feel like I get to be who I used to be. I was a, I was a, a knucklehead in high school. I was always dyeing my hair different colors. I'm a, I'm a drummer. So I was always playing in bands, rock and grunge bands and stuff. And now I'm 38 and I feel like I have a kid and a business and I have to be an adult and I have to look a certain way and act a certain way. And I don't get to be that, that, you know, uh, social butterfly that I was as a teenager in my young twenties. And I come out to the silkies hikes and I get to kind of be that again. I get to just kind of have fun and, 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 and act young and maybe act a little immature and stuff. And, and it's okay. You know, it's my, my one time where I could, I don't have to be Zach, the uh, dad or entrepreneur, you know, I just get to go out there and have fun with my veteran buddies for a day and act silly. And then, you know, I feel much better afterwards. Awesome. Awesome. So there's no excuse. I'm going to have the links to everything irreverent warriors in this show for number 207 um, you're going to have stuff going on September 11th, September 12th in Nashville at the Titan Stadium. That must be pretty cool to uh, you know get to have that space. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. And then uh, when you got uh, Memphis coming up next, and then Knoxville is October 3rd, and Knoxville is October 17th. I'll be at both of those hikes as well. And then uh, our grand finale, the end of the year, is always in Key West. And so in December, they do a Key West hike, and everybody tries to make it out to that. I really want to try to make it to that this year. Uh, next year, I think we're already uh, – I, I believe it's confirmed for uh, Hawaii, and there may be a Puerto Rico hike as well. So um, they're adding some more really cool destinations of people that are finding out about Irreverent Warriors and saying, hey, can I live in Hawaii. Can we do a hike here? And, of course, they say, yeah, let's – Let's, Let's get make you the happen. information you need and make it happen. Awesome, awesome. Well, look, uh, Zach, I, I can't wait to have Semper Sliders again, just to let you know. I mean, that, that makes a trip to Nashville worth it as far as I'm concerned. Folks, if you go to Nashville, you got to go to Semper Sliders uh, for sure. But it, it looks like that, that you and the people around you have put together this great event coming up, and I uh, can't wait to see what happens with that. So with that being said, um, you know, Let's get irreverent for these warriors. Let's have some fun, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for having me. I love to talk about the org. I love to talk about what they're about and my experience and trying to bring people into it. Uh, once someone does one hike, if, you've, if you're watching this and you've never done a hike before, even if it's not Nashville, find a hike in your city, take a chance, go do it. As soon as the hike is over, you'll be ready to do another one and find the next city. It, it is very fulfilling. It's very, I, I use the term addicting. It, it, you just, you can't wait to get to that next hike after you've done one. 
fantastic, fantastic. Well, as we say in Oscar Mike Radio, Zach, mission in flight. Can't wait to see what you all have next. Thank you so much. Rod, thank you, brother.